Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Amen. Joshua chapter 1. We welcome those listening on the internet this morning, um, or if you downloaded the podcast. Joshua chapter 1 is where we're reading from, and verse 1. And it says this, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Amen. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. He said this, verse 11, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, the Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. That's not where they were fighting for. They will give you the land east of the Jordan. 14, your wives, your children, your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you. And until they have taken possession of the land your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Verse 16, then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Verse 18, whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Amen? Amen. Amen. Great scriptures. Many of us know that's uh, the scriptures of Joshua. The very beginning as we see Moses as just... He's died and now Joshua is about to take the people of God into the promised land. And I want to talk to you today and I want to talk to several different people, but I want to talk today about the future of this church. And I want to talk today about what I believe. I believe we're in an exciting time for what God is about to do. Amen. Do you believe that? It's great to see the church recently has been uh, coming and uh, people have been coming. It's been very busy. We've seen lots of activity. There's been lots of things, as you've seen on the screen, we're doing. And, you know, the only reason we're doing this is by God's grace. 
you know, it's not just because of what we can do, but God has been doing some amazing things among us. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm excited to be part of this church. I'm excited. I'm, I'm leading it, but I'm excited to be part of it, to be with you and to be encouraged of what we're about to see. And we've got to be excited. And some of us, sometimes we can come to church and we can think, you know, I'm going to do each week. I'm going to come and just do what I, I do every week. We can treat church like that. But I believe we're in, just like they were, we're in an opportune time. We're in an opportune time to move into what I believe. And I believe all churches have got their own promised land. We've all got our own promised land. In, in other words, God has promised us as a church, that he wants to do something unique for here. You may look at other churches in Cambridge or around and say, well, why aren't, why aren't you doing the same as them? If God's got a promise, it's the same for everyone. No, I believe it's unique for individual churches. God has something special for this church, and it has not changed. It will never change. And you are part of that. So I believe that we, in the future, not so far from now, are going to begin to step into something new and fresh and bigger than where we are now. And you've got to believe that in your hearts. But do you know what? I also believe that to move to something bigger and to move to the promises that God has for us, actually, it's also got to, we've got to have the promise as well. God is going to do something bigger in you as individuals. It's not just about this building getting bigger or anything getting bigger. It's about individuals being stretched to their limits. Amen? Because unless you are stretched to your limits, unless God is doing something in your hearts, then this is not going to go anywhere. It's about what God is doing in us. Amen? I believe we're in an amazing time for this church. Many of you, if you haven't heard and you've come into the church uh, partway through this year and you never heard uh, my dream big series at the beginning of this year, I set out and laid out some of the things that I wanted to see for this year. And I believe we're going to fulfill them. And they were short-term vision things that we wanted to see and to push for. And you will notice that Many of the things that I laid out in that were about evangelism. They were about taking the message of the gospel outside of these four walls. The reason for that is I very much believe that the way that we will build the church is when we take the message and we're obedient to do what Jesus asked us to do. If we try to strategize and come up with all these plans, they're good. But ultimately, we primarily, we need to be People who share the gospel and see church as something bigger than Sunday. Amen. And that's what I set out. And I said it earlier that we wanted to be missionally focused. We wanted to see the church go out regionally, nationally, taking teams out, seeing what God's going to do. Because I believe this, that if we sow into that, we will reap. Many people ask me, they say, you know, is your... How do you, what's your methodology for growing the church? I really believe it's just doing what Jesus asked us to do, discipling people, raising them up. They can see that they can do it themselves. And then God, he, Jesus says, I will build my church. Amen. But we have to be obedient to him. We've seen growth. I believe over the last period, we've seen growth in this church. There are quite a few away today. I think lots of people are away, maybe on holidays. And it's great to see that actually in the times we've had the students coming in, there's been a lot of people coming here. And God has begun to stretch our capacity. And I'm thrilled with it. But I'm not happy with it. You know, it's a privilege today to have Peter Cavanaria with me, who for many years we would sit over coffee in cars discussing the future of this very church. You know, a lot of the strategic means were done over coffee. And we used to talk and say, what? What, and, and I remember Peter said one thing one, one time to me. He said, where do you want to see this church in 10 years? Now we're actually seeing some of probably the things that we talked about. And thank God he's done some amazing things through the great foundation. But let me tell you something. I want to ask you the question before I even move on today. Where do you want to be in 10 years? What do you want to see for this church? If this church is just a place where you come and you bring your family and you just come and attend, I don't believe that's what Jesus wants for us. He wants us to be moving into the promises of God. He wants us to be moving into all the things he has for us. And that is for you, people, individuals here today who think they're just here to sit and attend, actually to be part of building others up and discipling others so that we can train others so we can see this thing expand. Amen? The whole reason we do school of evangelism and all these things is not just to have another card downstairs to give out. It's to do, it's to train people up so that you can be the people God has called you to be. 
Look, it's not about me. I've said it loads of times. This church is not about me. If it is, then we might always pack up and go home. It's about you. The individuals, the living stones that are sat here in this room right now. And the ones who are listening on the internet who couldn't make it today. Listen, if you're not here, it applies to you too. You're part of this. And I believe that God has got a promise for this church. And we've got to stand and hold on to it. But we've also got to go for it as well. Amen. The reason I say this is because you've noticed that the church has been expanding. Jesus has been doing lots of things and we've seen great things. But one of the things I set out in my vision this earlier this year is I said that we will be starting more services on a Sunday. I said we will be starting double services. I told you that. Now I'm beginning to wonder whether I should have said it. But do you know what? There's going to be, there's going to be times when we think, are we doing the right thing? But listen to me. I, we're going to be doing it this year. In October of this year, and I'm telling you now, in October of this year, there are going to be two services on Sunday here at this church. There are going to be repeated services. There are going to be two services because, listen to me, we cannot stay contained here any longer. We cannot let the restriction of this building limit what God wants to do. And listen, two services is not even what, it's not that God says, you know, reach two services and you've made it. Listen, I don't know who's going to be here in the future. Someone else will probably take my shoes. I don't know what's going to happen in the next 20, 30 years. But what I want to know is that what we do now sets the foundation for what Jesus wants to do in Cambridge. Amen. And you are part of it. You are the living stones. The Bible says we're living stones. It's not about bricks and mortar. There's living stones in this room. We're going to build what God is going to do. And when we say we're going to go to double service, it's not just so we can do just do more and look busy. The reason for it is, is because... To, you know, to buy buildings in Cambridge, they're expensive. It's very expensive. We, thankfully, we don't have much of a mortgage on this building. But I really believe that if we can create capacity for another service, then we can bring more people to Christ. Isn't that important? That's what's on God's heart. And it's on his agenda. And it should be our, our hearts too. So, why do I say this? Why do we look at Joshua? Well, I want to look this morning at Joshua and this, and this beginning of this exciting period as they come to reach the promised land. Joshua is about to lead them in. And many times they've tried to go, but now Joshua is going to do this. And I believe just like they were an exciting, pivotal time, we can learn many things from Joshua in this story of what, what's going to be happening in the next 12 months in this church. Amen. I also believe that it's not just about this church I'm going to speak about. But as I said, it's about you as individuals. The first thing, title is breaking boundaries. Breaking boundaries. Do you know what? There's some people here today who have seen the limits over their lives. They think that's it. We've reached it. We're coming here. This is all we do. And we just do it every week. It's not right. It's time to do something greater. Amen. There are limits and boundaries over your lives. And God wants to stretch your capacity he wants to do more. Listen to me. In the last three years, my capacity has been stretched so much, I feel like I'm an elastic band. I feel like I've been stretched so much, sometimes I don't know what's happening to me. You know, I never planned in my life to take over a church and to lead this church. When Peter asked me, I nearly fainted. I've not been to Bible college. I've not done all these things. But listen, God has stretched me. And he's done things with me that I never thought he could. But it's not because of me. It's because of him. I know more and more it's because of him. And listen, if it can do it for me, he can do it for you. And today I want to encourage you that it's time to break the boundaries over your limits in, individually in your lives. And it's also time to break the boundaries of this church and to see it bigger than what it is. Amen. The first thing today that I realize and recognize from Joshua in their journey, what a great thing to look at, is that they were promised. They had a promise. I've got five things that I'm going to try and rattle through. I know I normally have three or four. You're probably thinking five. This is going to take forever. I'm going to be as quick as I can. I promise. They were promised. Number one, they were promised from God. They had a promise and it wasn't from man. It was from God. Listen to me. This is not a good idea. It's a God idea. God has a promise. He doesn't want to see the church limited. He wants to see the church extended, multiplied. He is a God of multiplication. He is a God that wants to see this church rise up and multiply. 
If you look right back to the beginning of Genesis, you see that Adam and Eve, the first thing that he tells them to do is go ahead and multiply. You've got to multiply and fill the earth. And I believe for us in this city, we've got to start thinking and have a pregnant faith that says we've got to multiply and see more. And not just other people from other churches. Not just people coming in and just coming because they want to attend here. But it's people, new believers. I want to see people coming in here. New people. I want to see young people coming through these doors. And do you know what I can't wait for? I, I can't wait till we have to teach people all over again what they've got to do. Because they don't know how to worship. So we've got to teach them how to worship. We've got to teach them all the things of God. And then they get so thrilled and excited that they want to go and tell other people. And I want to be the ones, the church that does that. I don't want to just try and recreate some, some kind of model here that just multiplies people from other churches. No, we want new believers. Because if you look in the book of Acts, that's what you see. If you look in the book of Acts, he says that people came in and they would have had to teach them everything. That's why, do you know what? We've been to an amazing conference this week and I've enjoyed it so much being in the presence of God. But do you know what? You can't live in conference mentality all your life. Because when you teach in church, if you just have meetings like that, no one who comes into the faith will ever know what to do. That's why you need church, the local church. It's great to take them to these things and let them see and experience what God can do in maturity in their faith. But listen to me, we have a job to do here. We've got a job to teach people. They had a promise. Hallelujah. Verse 3 says, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. In other words, I believe that if we step into this, we're going to know that God has got a promise on what we're going to do. If we step into and say we're going to create capacity, we're going to, our promised land is another service. It's scary. It's something we're, we're a bit fearful about. I believe that God has promised us in our hearts. It's not something he told me one night in a vision. I didn't see an angel come into my room and tell me this promise. I believe his heart is to multiply. Therefore, it's his promise. He will be with us. If we want to see growth, do you know what we need to do? We've got to trust in his promise and obey him. Our boundaries are not limited. Some of us are thinking our boundaries are limited, but God's promises are yes and amen. Jesus said, I will build my church. If he says, I will build my church, do you think he has any limits? No, he wants us to break out of the boxes that we're in. Some of us today are thinking, I've got gifts and abilities. I've got things that I can bring. And I feel so hemmed in. I feel so that I can't get out of this box. Listen to me. Jesus wants to encourage you today that you can. And it's not because I'm going to preach a message. It's because of his spirit. When his spirit rises on the inside of us. When his spirit dwells inside of us. It will encourage you to become the person that God has called you to be. If you're that person, you will influence the church. Get ready. Get ready, he said. We're about to go into the promised land. It's got it all there. The promised land. It was a land that was promised. Our future in this church has got the promises of God written all over it. If we want them. Do you know what, though? He says this, that when they crossed, they, they thought about this. They probably dwelt on the promises of God. They knew what he promised. If you think about this, they looked and they, they had to cross a river, the River Jordan. That was the objective. And how many of you right now are probably in your minds, as I've said, this first part, have said, do you know what? I can't believe he's mentioned double services. This is going to be, you know, I've clapped my hands, but I'm thinking about that river. I'm thinking about the river we're going to have to cross. How are we going to do this? I know it sounds really good. I can imagine more ex extended capacity. I can imagine the vision, the dream. I know it's God's heart, but by the way, there's a river. And by the way, in springtime, it's higher levels. He says that the Jordan at springtime was at higher levels. It would flood. Um, have you ever seen when you go to St. Ives and the river, the riverbanks flood? It goes down the streets. They were probably thinking it's, it's highest level. And I, I believe God always chooses the times. He chose the time when he could show his glory even more. When they would go to the river and they would cross it and he would show that he could do it. They'd already crossed the Red Sea. They'd already seen God's glory. They were probably thinking, how? How can this be? Can we really do it? And some of you right now in your minds are thinking, I know it's God's promise. I know it sounds good, Phil, but I'm not sure. And I'm going to have a think about this because there is a river. And I don't know whether we can cross this river. 
I don't know if it's going to be easy for me. When you get to a river, you're going to have to wade through the river. I know God's promises are yes and amen, but that's tough. I want to encourage you today. They did. They went. Despite knowing there was a river ahead. Number two today. He says that they were prosperous. If they went and did this and followed God's plan, the second P, these are all P's by the way today. The second P is that they were prosperous. They had a promise, but they would be prosperous and successful. Now listen to me. I meet quite a lot of leaders and I, and I talk to people in various churches and, and it's great, isn't it, to see the kingdom of God advancing. But the one thing I don't want for this church is that we try to go ahead and try to do something to try and build some empire that looks just successful in wealth. And looks successful in, in things that are not of God. Because I believe that prosperity and success is not in money. Prosperity and success in the kingdom of God is when souls are saved. You know, we've not always, we've not always had lots of money to go and do everything we want to do. But do you know what? I believe God has kept us in a position where we've always had a heart for him. We've been a praying church. We've been a believing church for what God is going to do. And I believe in this next season for us to want to see the things that God wants to do. It's not about wealth and success in the eyes of man. But wealth, prosperity and success is when we see the kingdom of God prosper. When we see people, souls coming in, people being taught, people being discipled. That is what true success is. Let God bring in the money and what he needs to do. But let's first prioritize because in, in Matthew 6.33 it says, Seek first the kingdom. All these things will be added to you. In other words, we've got to seek the kingdom first. Then prosperity would come if we do that first. That's not just in our own lives, but it's as a church as well. Jesus promised multiplication. If he said, seek first the kingdom, then all the things will come. If we do this first, I believe that he will promise multiplication if we obey him. If you obey him and you do what he says and you go and tell the good news to people and we bring them in, invite your friends from work, invite people to come and find the good news. Do you know what? We can do street ministry, but the key, one of the things you can do is go and ask your friend to come from work. Do you understand that the room in here, there's some empty seats today? But do you know something? If you, every one of us invited someone. We bring them to the kingdom to understand that there is a promise for them. That they are part of the kingdom. That they are sons and daughters of the most high God. But some of us will probably go to work and put our head down and hide and not tell anyone. But it's time to start to spread the news. Amen. To see what God wants to do. In Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20, it should come up. Jesus came to them. And he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There we go, baptism. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Listen to me. Jesus says he will be with us. He says, I'm going to be with you. He gives an instruction and he says, I'm going to be with you. But do you know what? What I see here, he says the word and. And surely I am with you always. In other words, what he's saying is this. If you do what I'm asking you to do, if you obey and go and do this work, if you go and baptize people, disciple people and do the true work of God to bring prosperity and success, I will be with you. He doesn't just say, oh, you know, many of us love to put, and we say all the time, the fridge magnet that says, he's with us, I'm with you, I never leave you or forsake you, but we don't like to do anything he asks us to do. We, don't, we love to put that, oh, he's with me, I feel his presence. Oh, I love him. He's with me. He never leaves me or forsakes me. But listen to me, it says here, he says, do these things I've asked, and then he says, and, sh and surely... Come on, like, if you do this, and surely I'm with you. In other words, do it and you'll know that I'm with you. And I believe if we go and do this, that's when you'll really truthfully experience that Jesus is with us on this. 
If you just think, well, I'm going to wait till I know Jesus with me, then I will cross the river. I believe that every time that a miracle occurred and every time they stepped and put their foot in the water, every time they did something like this and they reached out in faith, I believe first they had to put their faith and their trust and obey him. Then they realized, wow, God is with. Look, the river is opening up. Look, the Red Sea is opening up because we trust him. We put our faith in him. If we do these things, then he says, I will be with you to the very end of the age. We will be prosperous and successful. Listen to me today. Our prosperity is not about building any empire in Cambridge. It's not about building any big church, mega church that looks like it's amazing and everything. We want to teach people. We want to see prosperity in the kingdom of God so that when people come here, they're trained up and they will go out and do the same. Multiply, multiply. Get that in your minds. We've got to multiply and you're the ones. I can't teach people all on my own. Do you know that? You know, I put all these infrastructures in place and you'll know that I've been releasing people. Sometimes I'm not around at things. Do you know why? It's not because I'm not bothered. I'll tell you why. It's because I want to release people. Because it's not about me. I want to train others to train others. I want to train others to do it. Because if it's all about me, you'll not see nothing. You'll not see anything. And it's about releasing others to train others. And then one day they'll spot other people who are leaders. You've got to train leaders. We've got to be a church that starts identifying this. If you told me and you come to me and you say, I want to be part of this. I can't guarantee you a place straight away, but I can tell you, if people show me their heart, I'm around them. I'll help you and I'll teach you the things I know. I don't know everything. The, the next thing, number three. Am I going quick enough? The next thing, number three. We're nearly there. They were prepared. The next P is that they were prepared. They got preparation together. They knew what was coming. And listen to me. You're probably thinking, why has he told me that we're doing this in October? It's only July. Come on. You're probably thinking, phew, we haven't got to cross the river yet. Phew, it's not, it's not coming just yet. And you're probably thinking, wow. But do you know why I've done that? I've known that we were going to do this since January. I've been considering it. We've been talking through as leaders about it, discussing it, debating how are we going to do this. Because the one thing I don't want to do is this. Many people said to me, you're not going to go to multiple services, are you? Because if you do that, then you'll restrict the presence of God. I get all sorts of things like this. But you know, one thing we're going to make sure we do, and it's going to be more work for us. But the one thing I don't want to do is create an environment where it's conveyor belt type ministry, where we're so tight and we don't have any time to minister. Because the unique thing about this church is that God's spirit, when God's spirit is here, we allow freedom for him to move and to speak into people's lives. I don't want that to change. And listen to me, if it did change, then we'll stop. So what we're doing is we're looking and there's no times and no, nothing exact yet. We're going to be probably announcing that later. But the, the thing is we're preparing the way. We're getting ready to say we're going to do this. We're going to move into our promised land. We need to prepare the people. We need to get ready as people in our hearts to do what we're going to do. And it's going to be challenging. It's going to be difficult. But we need to prepare. The first thing, there's three things under this category. I told you there's more points than five. There's three things under this category that I think you need to be prepared for. The first is this. You need to be prepared spiritually. You've got to be prepared spiritually. Joshua 1 verse 7, he says, be strong and very courageous. That's not strong in your flesh. You can't get, you can't go down to the local gym tomorrow and say, Phil's told me we're going to be going and we're going to be doing multiple services and I need to get to the gym now and I need to build up some strength and, and, and somehow just try and motivate, try and tell my mind that we can do this. No. Do you know what? You'll see in the book of Acts that the, the people who followed Jesus' words and they went and did what he asked them to do, they went out with boldness, but boldness from the Spirit of God. So the only way you're going to get bold and you're going to get courage to do what I'm asking you to do with me and join this journey is not by just whipping up your mind, but it's by the Spirit of God that says, I'm going to be strong and courageous. That is means that you might have to start getting a little bit involved more, coming along, being involved in the midweek services. Being involved in the midweek services. Coming along and saying, do you know what? I've not really been getting involved in this church. I just show up Sundays. I want to get hungry. I want to be around people. I want to sharpen myself. I want to be around people who pray, learn how to pray. Because if we're going to cross the river, I don't want to be the one who's behind. 
dipping my toe in the water and looking and thinking, why are people running through? It's because they're running because they know that they have a promise and that they're full of the spirit of God and they can see the promise. But you're thinking, you know, I've not really been involved. I just show up. I'm not telling you off. Listen, I know what it is to do all the things we need to do. Many years ago, we used to be running around doing we used to be coming to two services on a Sunday morning, Sunday night. We used to do different things here. I know what it's like to do this. I'm not asking you to do it because I don't know what it's like. I never ask anyone to do anything that I don't understand. I'll tell you, you, you if you come and ask me, you say, well, I don't know. I don't believe you. I'll tell you many stories of what me and my wife have done. And I wouldn't be standing here today if we wouldn't have done them. There's many times I'd sit in cars waiting for meetings to start here and not going home and driving home just so that I could be here. Do you know why? Not because I wanted to fulfill a meeting. It's because I believed in the promise of this church. I believe what God was going to do. When people told me, you know, why are you bothering with a church, a small church? Why don't you go to something bigger? I believed in this church. Because I believe what Peter used to preach. I believe what Peter used to say to me. I believe when I sat and listened, I thought, I want to be in this vision. And do you know what? What I'm sharing you today is not just my vision. It's Peter's vision as well. It always was. It's the heart of this church. And now it's time. Hallelujah. We've got to be prepared spiritually. Be bold in the spirit of God. We also need to be prepared mentally. Mentally as well. It's important to be prepared mentally. In Joshua 1, 10 to 11, it says this. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, Get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. In other words, he said this. He said, get your things ready. You know, you've got to start packing, putting things together, getting ready. Have you ever moved house? You start thinking about it plenty of time in advance. You start sealing the boxes up. You start getting ready to do this. I remember when we've done it before, you forget what you've put into boxes and you're labeling things up. You prepare in advance because you know you're about to move. And I'm not landing this as a surprise and saying in September, by the way, next week we're starting double services. I'm telling you in advance now so that you can prepare in your spirits. You can say, do you know what? I'm going to start giving myself into this church. I'm going to start giving myself spiritually, but also I'm going to prepare mentally because he's given me an advance warning. He's told me in advance. He says, three days from now, well, you've got about three months, is it? Three or four months? Similar, you've got longer. Longer to think and to say to yourself, what does that mean for me? What am I going to have to shift around and move around in my life to accommodate this expansive capacity we're about to do? To enlarge the capacity of the church, it means I'm going to have to enlarge the capacity of myself. I'm going to have to give more of myself, stretch myself. What does that mean for me? And if you're questioning that, I want you to leave today and start and begin to question in your hearts. Am I just an attendee or am I someone who is saying I'm sold out for this and I'm going to be part of this? Because if you want to be part of it, I want you to be part of it too. Stretch yourself. Be mentally ready for what is going to happen. Because we're going to go in and take possession. Get your provisions ready, he said. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan, not We'll have a go. Not get your stuff ready. I know it's going to be hard and the the banks, it's going to be flooded at that time. And they're probably thinking, this man's crazy. It's not the time to do it yet. Do you know what? There's never going to be a good time. Never going to be a good time. I'm looking around today thinking I'm seeing more empty seats than I've seen. And I'm preaching a message on the fact that we need to do a double service. Do you know what? I'm not trusting in what I see. I'm trusting my God. And do you know what? If you come in the future and you say, he's crazy. We should have never gone. We should have never done this. Listen to me. In 20 years time, there'll be someone else probably. I don't know. I might not be here. I may be. Who knows? Whatever God's going to do in our lives. If we live that long. Who knows? But whatever happens in the future, one day someone will look back and say, I'm glad that they did what they did. Sometimes we've got to be the ones who do the painstaking work. We've got to prepare. Mentally, spiritually, and finally, the other thing we've got to prepare for is practically. You've got to get your things, your mind ready, but you've got to think practically now. What is it I'm going to have to move around? What is it I'm going to have to do to see this thing happen? 
You can't sit there and say, oh, it's Phil's idea. It's Phil's idea, this. And so I'm just going to let him do it and we'll see. And I'm just going to sit here and watch it happen. If you do that, then it will fail. But we have to be part of it and we have to prepare practically in our minds. Let me look at the next bit of the scripture in Joshua 1, 12 to 15. And listen to this. He says, but to the Reubenites, the Gadites and the half the tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord gave you after he said, the Lord, your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children. And your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. Then listen to this. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you. And until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God has given them. After that you may go back and occupy your land. In other words, he's saying this. He speaks to these tribes and he says this. Because there was some land promise on the east side of the Jordan and the wives, the people were staying there. He said, listen, some of you guys are going to have to go and battle for this land. Leave people there. You're going to have to battle for some land and leave them to rest. Once you've done the work and you've helped the others, then you can go back. Do you know what I'm asking you to do practically? There are some people here thinking, well, that's good. I'll just choose one of the services. I'll just choose one of these options. The reason we do this is to create options for people. But I'm telling you, if you see in this story what they're asking, what Joshua's asking is that actually people do double the amount of work. So actually, they lead people to rest. They're prepared to work for the vision in the other area. They were to, to, to battle for that area. And once they've succeeded, once they've got momentum, then they can go back and rest. And I believe for us to do this practically, it's going to require people here to do more than what they normally do. So some of us are going to have to, we're going to be in a time of rest, but sometimes some people are going to have to step out and battle in the other service and they're going to rest probably in the other one. But we're going to do this until we succeed and we've, we've gained the ground. And some of you might have to listen to me preach twice, unfortunately. I'll try and think of a couple of different stories in each one. But listen, sometimes you're going to have to listen to me twice. I know that sounds bad for some people. You're probably thinking it's too long as it is. Look, I'll try my best. I'll, I'll, I'll shorten it down a little bit. But listen to me. If we do this, listen, it's not just so that I'm getting to people to fill seats. We've got to get momentum. We've got to believe in it. We've got to work in one sometimes and rest in another. And when we succeed and we've gained the ground, there'll be times when you say, you'll look back and say, now I'm resting in one of the options, but it's because we fought for the other one and we've seen the kingdom of God grow. Do you hear what I'm saying? We've got to be prepared spiritually, mentally, and practically. Be prepared for what God is going to do. You know, when he says that they're going to come back and rest after a while, actually, you see, it's only temporary. Now, I'm not saying that you're never going to have to work again, but it's this part of this vision. It's a temporary thing. You're going to have to do things and then temporary, you're going to have to work hard. But then there'll be other things. By then, we'll be looking at other visions and expanding again and doing more. Amen. Number four, they were persistent. They were persistent. Joshua 1 verse 9, it says, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged, for the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Do you know what? There are going to be times, and I've said it already, when we do this and we start to go ahead, and we're going to be persistent in what we do, there's going to be times when you think, this is a crazy idea. I'm finding this discouraging. I'm finding this hard. There is, this week, there's not been many people here. Sometimes it's going to be difficult and look challenging. You're thinking, I'm giving my all to this. Look, when Jesus went to the cross... He gave everything. He didn't get discouraged saying, do you know what? This is hard. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. If there's anyone who gives an example today that says that he, even through discouragement, even through trials and tribulations, he showed that he still did it, not because of what he saw around him, but it's because of what he saw in the future. He knew what was coming. And for you today, the same principle applies. It is going to be harder. It's going to be discouraging. But believe you and me, you're part of a bigger picture. You're part of something far bigger. Luke 9 verse 62, it says this, No one puts a hand to the plow and looks back. Is fit for service in the kingdom of God. That's quite harsh. 
He says, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Listen to me. If we're going to do this and we put our hand on the plow and we all stand together and we go ahead, we, if we start looking back and saying, you know, this is not right, then Jesus says they're not fit for the service because they can't carry on when the going gets tough. Listen to me. There's a song it says, when the, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And I'm going to get going. I'll tell you, there's been times here when the, the going's got tough for me. And we're only doing one service, never mind two. It's been tough. And you feel like quitting. Yeah. You feel like giving up because things are difficult and challenging. But do you know what I keep my eyes focused on? On the prize, on what God has called me to do. And I'm not going to let that hinder me. And neither do you. God has called you to be part of this. Many years ago when I was a young boy, I... I may have told this story before, and forgive me if I have, but my dad used to tell me that he'd rode to, I used to live in Rotherham, and he said I'd rode to Cleethorpes, the seaside, and back in one day. It was 140 miles. And I used to think, I just want to do what my dad did. He had this vision to get to the seaside and back in a day. And one of my friends came to my house one day, and he said, shall we go on a bike ride? And I said, well, we were so crazy. I said, my dad told me that he once went to Cleethorpes and back. We were in the school holidays. He said, well, shall we do it? And now it was about 11 o'clock in the day. We'd not even set off early. We didn't think. We weren't prepared. We, we just weren't ready for this mentally or anything. We just, we just did it because my dad did it. And we thought we'll copy him. So we set off. I didn't even tell my parents where I was going. I just got on my bike and we set off. And I hardly had any money in my pocket. And we rode to Cleethorpes. We got there. In, it was 70, 70 odd miles there. And we got to the seaside. We arrived after 70 miles on this bike. I had enough money to buy. I think we bought some chips when we were there on the front, some fish and chips. And I bought these fish and chips and we, we stood there. And then we literally, we, had, we only had about half an hour to literally turn around and come back again and do another 70 miles again. And so we did this and we were nearly 25, 30 miles away from home. And I began to lose my strength completely. I couldn't go on anymore. I was so discouraged that I'd even gone on this journey. And my friend who was with me, he was, he was a lot taller than me, a lot stronger than me. And he's saying, Phil, come on, we've got to keep going. We've got to keep going. And I'm like, I was literally stopping at the side of the road and sleeping. I said, we've got to stop. It was now nearly one o'clock in the morning. I'd not told my mum. We had no mobile phones then. I'd not told her where I was. By then, I just thought she knows she's my mum. And I was laying on the side of the road in the pitch black with no lights. I'd not prepared or anything. And my friend kept saying to me, you, we've got to keep going. It's going, to be, it's going to be morning if we carry on at this rate. And it was them last 30 miles that I just couldn't do. I lost all strength. So do you know what he did? He got a piece of rope and he tied it around my bike, around his bike, and he towed me for 15 miles. 15 miles he towed me. With all his strength, this guy was a rugby player. And he towed me for 15 miles. And I was some points, I got my legs, letting the, the, the things turn around, and I was nearly falling asleep holding on to the bike. Thank God that, he said, that God sent me this man. And I never made it home. There's a, the story continues, and I'll tell you another time what happens. It's crazy. The police got involved. We ended up getting home in the end. But listen to me. The truth is this. If you don't prepare, if you go into these things unprepared, then you lose strength. But if you're prepared, if you're ready, if you think about it in advance, you can do it, and you have the strength and ability to do this. And we have got to be what? Persistent. Even when the going gets tough. We've got to keep going. Even when it's really difficult, when we're discouraged, God said to them, don't be afraid. Don't be fearful thinking it's all going wrong. But stand firm. Be strong. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. Carry on because you will see it. Hallelujah. Finally, you're all happy now. Finally, number five. They were passionate. They were passionate. You know, you can do all these things. You can do all these things. You can be prepared. You can believe there's a promise that you read in your Bibles. Keep coming to the meetings and thinking, yeah, there's a promise over this. But you know what? If you're not passionate, if you're not passionate for this, it ain't going nowhere for you. It's going nowhere. Whoa. Now we do need something to hold the water. Listen to this. Joshua 1 verse 16 to 18, it says this. Then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. 
And wherever you send us, listen, this is the people. After he's just declared all this, this is their response. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the, listen to this, this is the important bit. Only may the Lord, your God, be with you as he was with Moses. So they said, great idea, fantastic, love this idea. But do you know what? We want to, we're passionate. We, we've seen what you've said and we want to do this because I know it's going to be hard. We know the river is really tough and it's going to be difficult. There's going to be discouragement. It's going to be challenging. But we are passionate and we'll do whatever you say and we'll go wherever you want us to go. Just, we're here. We're available. We'll, we'll do anything for you. As long as God's in this. As long as God's got his stamp on this. I believe he has. If you look at the story of when they crossed the river, look at what you read as you continue. I I encourage you to go and read Joshua. But look at what happens just later on. But it's all about the Ark of the Covenant and the presence of God goes before them through. When the presence of God, when God is on it, when his stamp of approval is on this, we will see it will be a success. And so when, when God's doing something, it's a success. When we see this, we want to be passionate for it. Not because it's a man's idea, but because God is on it. And I believe that for us, we've got to be 110% into the vision. 110%, not just 90, 110% saying, do you know what? This is God, because we've got to see this. And I want to see, I want to come up these stairs on Sundays, and I want to be coming to these services and seeing what God's doing, and seeing that I'm part of the growth in this. And I'm seeing when new individuals come in, that I can be part of training them up. When they surrender and give their lives to Christ. They said, whatever. Whatever you say, we'll do it. Wherever you go, wherever you'll put us. And some of us, some of you today are wanting to do roles in the church. You probably want to be involved. Listen to me. You can have these positions. You can do roles in the church. You cannot be limited by what God wants to do. But you have to be passionate. Some people want to do things and they don't look passionate at all. They look so depressed. You don't put a depressed person on the door to welcome someone. People will come and say, do you know what? I'm going to leave because this place doesn't have life. If you're full of the spirit of God, you should look happy. We should be full of joy. Some people want the roles, but they're not happy. You know why they're not happy? Because they're not doing what they want to do. Listen to me. It's not about roles. Don't serve for the roles. Serve for the goal. And the goal is Christ. The hope of glory. Don't serve for the role. Trying to get roles. Do you know what? I never serve for a role. I just serve my heart into someone's vision. God did it. He just positions people. He puts them. And do you know what? I'm all for people getting involved. You'll know that if you come and have a drink with me. Oh, yes. But I'm not into people who want roles without passion. Because without passion, it means nothing. It means nothing. They said, wherever you send us, we'll go. We, we don't understand what positions. We don't understand what, what, you know, we've got a plan what we, maybe we'd like to do. But we just want to do what you tell us. Because you have this vision. You have this plan. We just, we're just here. We're available. We surrender. Tell us. If we've got to work on the PA desk, if we've got to help out on the PA, or we've got to help in the car park, we've got to do this, we surrender. And I'm not going to tell you how to do these things. I want to surrender to you. To serve you. God is going to do something amazing, amen. Only if we're stretched and give him what he wants to do. I just want to read this last thing to you. In John chapter 13, verse 12 to 14, it says this. I love this scripture. When Jesus washes the feet of his disciples... He says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And he said this to them. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. Now, he said, verse 14, that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. You also should wash another's feet. One another's feet. Jesus showed here passion. He showed here that actually said, 
you know me as a teacher. You know me as this role, as the, the teacher, the rabbi, the one who's in position, that role. But I'm showing you something. That if you want to really see what the way the kingdom of God works, it's that teachers, people in big roles, people in positions where they're having to teach and responsibilities, are willing to get on their knees and wash feet. Because they're not after the role. Jesus is saying, you know me as a teacher. You know me as the rabbi, the one who's been teaching you, the one who's been giving you all these good, these good information and stories and encouragement. You're the one who's seen me operating miraculously. You've seen me. I am the son of God, but yet I'm willing to sit down and wash feet. You know me as a teacher, but I'm also someone who washes feet because all of it is for the glory of God. All of it is for the kingdom of God. Amen? They were promised. Prosperous, prepared, persistent, and passionate. Hallelujah. That's what we've got to be. I encourage you, sometimes maybe when the next few months when you're feeling discouraged, you're thinking, I'm not sure about this. Listen to this message again. Because I'm telling you, you are part of the future. It's not my future, it's yours. This is your church. King's Church is your church. I'm just helping to lead and guide the way and help to release people. So come, come and get involved. Amen. Now, one of the things that we said on a practical measure, I want us to, we're not going to finish by praying for people today. And I'm going to invite Peter to come in just a moment. And I want him as the previous pastor of this church who had a heart, I believe, for exactly what I preached on this morning. I want him to pray over us as a congregation to send us so that we will be, including me, ready for this. Amen? That he will pray over us and say, do you know what? We're going to be ready for this. I need prayer as well. (laughs) I'm just as worried as you about the river, you know. It's a big river, but we can do it together. I'm not just saying this to just sound like we're talking visionary speak. I came into this role for a reason. I left all my job that I used to do for a reason. For the kingdom of God. If you know me, you'll know that's true. Honestly. I don't hold anything back. That's the reason I'm just doing what I do. And I need people. I can't do it on my own anymore. I need you. And I want you to join me. And those listening on the internet now, you can be part of this. Amen. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.